Uh, welcome to our weekly three-minute therapy podcast, <laughs> and I'm Dr. Michael Edelstein, clinical psychologist and author of Three Minute Therapy and other books, and everything we discussed is based on REBT, Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, which says that our emotions don't come from situations themselves, but rather it comes from our thinking about those situations. And that's a very powerful concept. And uh, further, our emotions, our disturbed emotions like anxiety, anger, depression, come from a particular type of thinking, and that's thinking in terms of demands. Must, should, supposed to's, have to's. I must do get, do well and get approval. You must treat me well, and my life must go well. I'm here uh, with my podcast partner, Mick Berry, an author of Stage Fright with me. And we have a special guest, Niraj Ninal, who is familiar with REBT and has some questions about aging. Okay, Niraj, yeah. did you want to start with your questions? Definitely, definitely. So uh, I want to ask this question in the context of REBT. And normally these are my observations uh, about people who age. And uh, they have certain emotional as well as practical problems and how REBT can uh, give a solution. So shall I start with the questions? Uh, yeah. Did you want to start with the first question? Yeah. Yeah. So the first question which I have is when I talk about aging, normally it's it's a phase which according to me starts when a person retires, if he's in the employment. And uh, as he starts aging, the one notion catches him up that this is a flag, flag end of his life. And this is going to be the worst uh, possible time of his life. And then he creates anxiety about it or maybe depression about it. So how to tackle that? This is my first question. Okay, uh, Mick, I'll bring you in on how to tackle that, but I'd like to say a few things about your premise, your premises, Niraj. One mm -hmm. is you're lumping everyone together who's aging. Now, research seems to indicate uh, that many aging people are happier as they get older rather than... Uh, worrying about being old and things like that um, yeah yeah so i completely I completely buy your point so this is uh, as i told you in the beginning this is my observation what i have seen uh around uh people who are aging so this is my observation it is not oh, I see. all I see. all yeah, so it, it doesn't mean that all the people who age are going through the same problem but i see this as a predominant problem i see i see well thanks for that uh, yeah. clarification. Yeah, Nick, did yeah. you want to say anything so far? No. Okay. Uh, now, normally when people age and disturb themselves about it, they're thinking in turn, they're escalating their preferences into demands, such as, uh, because I prefer not to have aches and pains, Therefore, I absolutely must not. It's awful, terrible, horrible. I can't stand it. And so it's their thinking about that that's their 
main problem, not the aging itself. The aging itself is a practical problem, but then they create emotional problems about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any any other points that you mentioned, Naraj? Yeah. So uh, I I agree with you on this that it's never the situation, but uh, um, predominant problem. Uh, uh, couple of other problems which I want to share with you and that is the fear of death because as people start aging uh, they can see that death is approaching or they are approaching towards a death and many times people have a sense of disillusion disillusionment that whatever life they have lived up till now they they may think that they have achieved nothing or after achieving so many things they still feel disillusioned so in that context, the fear of death is um, many times I have seen in people who age or old people, a fear of death. So how to tackle that? That's my next I see. question. I see. Um, well, that's curious because I haven't come across that, but maybe we're dealing with different populations. Uh, as Mick and I say in our book, Stage Fright, uh, the greatest fear people have Greater than the fear of death is the fear of public speaking. Uh, but some people, I guess, have a fear of death. They don't <laughs> want to die. And uh, again, they don't want to die. And then they escalate it into a must. I must not die. I must live forever. This is terrible, horrible, and awful. And uh, one of the things I point out to them which is common to point out to people who have a fear of death, is that when you're dead, you're in the same state you were in before you were born. And when you think back at that, it, uh, you probably don't think it was awful, terrible, or horrible before I was born. Mick? There's a quote by Mark Twain, I have no fear of death. I was dead for billions of years before I was born and suffered not the slightest inconvenience because of it. <laughs> Great. Very good. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I point that out to them, not as eloquently as Mark Twain, though. <laughs> yes. So uh, death, uh, at worst, means limitations, but there are some positives about death, and that is no more hassles, no more frustrations, no more pain, uh, no more disappointments in your life. So everything in life, even death, has its advantages. Mick? One more advantage to dying is no more fear of death. <laughs> yes, very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No more fear of death. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any any other aspects of that yeah, yeah. that you want to raise? Yeah. So another aspect which I want to highlight is um, there is a term which is coined as ageism, which is uh, uh, it is basically a prejudiced against old age people. Okay, so it it consists of uh, apathy, it consists of neglect, particularly from children. Uh, in Indian society, where uh, the families are quite closely knit, uh, people uh, old people are normally neglected by the young generation, and they. Uh, they have a sense of uh, um, neglect or sense of insult which they feel. 
so this is another issue this is another emotional problem which is faced by many old people which is a neglect by the society or and particularly from family members yeah yeah it sounds like to some extent that comes from a sense of entitlement because i'm old and could use help therefore other people should take care of me and make my life better well that would be lovely again it's uh illustrates a human tendency of escalating preferences into demands. It would be lovely if people took care of you uh, when you're older and you could use more help, but there's no reason why they have to. And if anyone's going to take care of you, you better rely on yourself and not on other people and do the best you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is normally the issue of uh, a parent feels that a child has a responsibility towards uh, him. And uh, when his responsibility is not fulfilled as per his expectation, then he feels betrayed or he feels uh, uh, insulted or stuff like that. So I think uh, you made your point uh, there. Uh, he's escalating his preference into demands. But this is a common problem uh, which I see around in our society. Yeah, and again, the idea that the child has a responsibility to take care of their parents is something that the uh, the parents, older parents, have made up. They mm -hmm. don't have a responsibility. The, uh, they didn't, the child and the parent didn't sign a contract saying that when the parent is older, the child will take care of them. If they did sign a contract, then that would be different, but usually they don't. So there's no responsibility there. And uh, it sounds like it's another way that older people um, uh, figure out, <laughs> invent a way to upset themselves. Mick? Uh, I actually disagree a little bit that I think culturally there is a bit of an understanding there is no written contract and it doesn't have to be fulfilled but generally there is an understanding among many people that children will help their parents when they get older and even outside of any expectation it is a nice thing because the parents helped the child when the parents were when the child was helpless and so in return it is a nice gesture and it's often done that children do help parents when the parents become helpless. Yeah, well, a cultural expectation, the culture is made up of people. And that means that people have this expectation or some of them do, some don't, some are rational and don't expect that, although they might hope for it. So again, it comes down to the individual older person and whether they're gonna take responsibility for their life or not. And if they don't take responsibility for their life, are they going to take responsibility for upsetting themselves about the lack of responsibility for their life that they assume other people should take? Yeah. Yeah. I do think that there is an unspoken agreement. Now, it doesn't have to be adhered to by any means, but there is an unspoken agreement often between people and it's their business, but somebody would get upset if they say this agreement must be adhered to, but it is a nice agreement that many people do have. Yeah, yeah, I think we agree on that. Um, yeah. People have 
think that there is an unspoken agreement in the culture for this to occur. But uh, again, uh, it's up to them. They're individuals and they can uh, take yeah. responsibility for their emotions. C customs can definitely be broken and not followed. Yeah. Yeah. So, in short, uh, the way I understand it is, it's it's about uh, preferences. It is okay to have a preference. I prefer to uh, be taken care of by my children, but I they don't have to. Right. Right. By the way, uh, Albert Ellis had a view about this, and he uh, he is the founder of rational emotive behavior therapy, what I spoke about earlier, and he would visit his elderly mother once a year. And did not feel obligated to visit her any more than that. Mm -hmm. What is a rational? Well, I, I think he was a good role model. Yes, Naraj. No, no. What is a rational? What, what, what he wants to signify from that action, that meeting once a year. What, what he wants to convey from that behavior. That he chose whether how much responsibility he wanted to have. Uh, in relation to his mother, and uh, there was nothing that obligated him to do more. Mick? Yeah. yeah, and I was going to say, I do think it's by far the most beneficial when somebody does something for somebody else, whatever it is, whether it's a parent helping a child or somebody helping somebody else. They have no expectations whatsoever, and to do it simply because you see that it's a good thing to do and you want to make cont contribution to this person's life or help out this child but to not expect anything from it whatsoever other than the enjoyment of doing it i think that's the most beneficial towards individuals yes yes exactly and this can be extended to reciprocity that uh often people think that if they do a favor for someone then that person owes them a favor but, uh, and you could say, well, this is in the culture, or this is the way humans tend to be, and that's all true. But as you're saying, Mick, if you expect someone to uh, reciprocate, then all that would lead to is upsetness on your, your part, maybe anger, resentment, and uh, alienation from this other people, this other person who didn't reciprocate, which will just uh, make your life worse. So. Uh, it would be good to get rid of any of those expectations, not hopes and desires and preferences, but expectations. Mick? Yeah, I think that also applies to love. If you love somebody and don't expect anything in return, you just love them. That's the preferable state to be in. Whereas expecting love to come back to you is not fully loving somebody. It's not being generous it's really thinking about yourself rather than them yeah yeah exactly and uh, so what what we're expressing uh, a more rational way to look at uh these aspects of human interaction is not easy to accomplish because we all have these expectations or many of us do and it takes practice and um work to change your thinking and think more rationally about these things. So it's not, we're not tossing these things off uh, in a way that once you hear what we say, 
you're going to do fine in these areas. But it does take work to change your thinking and get over expectations and demands. Yeah, another point uh, I want to highlight, another issue uh, is that when uh, normally people age, they are out of their occupation or their employment. And mm -hmm. that is the time when many of them feel listless because they don't have any absorbing interest. And that listlessness may result into or they may result into some of these emotional and practical problems. So what is a, a prescription uh, uh, which they can uh, work on uh, or they can use to uh, make sure that they are not bored or listless, which normally they become because of uh, their end of employment or because of uh, uh, they are out of their profession? It, it will be the same approach that I recommend to younger people who are bored and listless. And that is, as far as the practical problem goes, uh, find something that you enjoy doing and do it. Create what Albert Ellis calls in a guide to rational living, a vital absorption, something you, uh, you enjoy and pursue it. And uh, Dr. Ellis humorously said, if you like war, work for war. If you like peace, work for peace, but work at your interests. And have and create goals, and yeah. uh, those things to work toward. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's a good point uh, to be implemented. And yeah. one practice, I think. Yeah, Mick wants to say. I was something. just going Please. to say I'm a musician for a living, and I one band I'm playing in is a man who used to be a doctor, and he's now quite a good piano player. Now he's played piano his whole life, so he's lucky. You can't just pick up piano and become a really good piano player but this is what he's doing in his retirement and personally i'm glad he's retired because he's got the time to put together all the details of finding the gigs for the band and the organization of the songs and all of this stuff i don't want to do i want to play and enjoy myself and i'm too busy to do all this stuff that he has time for but that's what he's doing in his retirement yeah that's a wonderful example of how to avoid boredom and listlessness uh when you retire if you retire. Personally, I, I love doing therapy and I plan to retire six months after I die. That's and uh, <laughs> I, I have no plans for retirement at all. I am pursuing the things I wanna do and retirement is not in the cards. Okay, well, yeah. sounds like we're on the same page here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Raj, yeah. did you wanna say something? Yeah, and uh, another, uh, maybe this will come under the practical problem and that is related to finance. Uh, so being a certified financial planner, I many times see clients who are old and most of their uh, fortune is either utilized or they have used it for their children. And they have uh, actually in reality some financial issues and they get, they make themselves disturbed about that but uh, financial worry is going to be a worldwide problem for because as people will start living more uh, they, there is going to be an issue of uh, financial pro, uh, provision for their old age and health and uh, medical expenses and all that and that is that is one of the predominant problem uh, which i see so so any any comments on that uh, again, this is a practical problem. Is that right? 
Is that correct, Naraj? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have an emotional problem about this practical problem also. Yeah. So uh, the reason people have emotional problems about practical problems is because they start with desires or passions and then they escalate them into demands, musts yeah. and shoulds. And, uh, and that doesn't help. It only makes them feel worse. And it makes it harder to work on the practical problem and think clearly about that. Yeah. So yeah. I suggest to those people who have these emotional problems to look for the must, look for the should, and show themselves again and again and again and again there's nothing that has to be just because you want them to be. And there's no reason why things should change because you would like them to change. So the first step is to question, challenge, and contradict your demands, and then work on the practical problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Michael, uh, to sum it up from my side, uh, can you can you give? Uh, I I just highlighted some of the common issues uh, faced by uh, old people or people who age. Uh, can you give a five step recipe or kind of a prescription which they can use to uh, make their lives better in in terms of uh, their emotional uh, health and also about the, their practical issues? Well, as I've been saying, it's a two step process, not five-step, and that is look for the irrational beliefs that are in your head that lead to your emotional problems. Because if the beliefs were reality-based, you wouldn't have emotional problems, just practical problems. So look for the irrational beliefs and uh, get rid of them through A, questioning them and contradicting them, and B, working against them, uh, showing yourself, for example, you can enjoy your life by finding vital absorptions, uh, and you can do other things to make your life better. So it would be a, a two-step prescription. Mick, did you want to add anything to that? No. Okay, yeah. well, yeah. Uh, Naraj? And the last point, just I want to chime in, and this is... Uh, uh, Albert Ellis did. Albert Ellis wrote something about this. Did he have a book? I I recollect he having a book on aging. Yeah, I think he had Do a book have... with uh, with Emmett Velton on okay. aging, okay. Uh, okay. and it was called Optimal Aging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Thank you again, Naraj, for being our guest. Uh, you brought in a lot of good questions about this issue, and thanks, Mick. My a uh, trusty partner here at REBT. And uh, thanks, Chris Rossini, our trusty tech engineer who makes all of this happen uh, on the technical side. And again, I'm Dr. Michael Edelstein, author of Three Minute Therapy. And uh, feel free to contact me if you are interested in psychotherapy. Comment below if you have any thoughts about aging or anything we said about aging, give us a thumbs up if you like this, suggest subjects for us to address, volunteer. Uh, Naraj survived, it looks like. So you would too, if you were, were a volunteer and discussed a problem or discuss someone else's problem. Uh, donate to Patreon to help support us. 
subscribe to the three minute therapy podcast to stay on the rational side of life.